If you're going to self-manage your rental properties, you know I'm a big fan of finding that proper tool to get the job done. Well, we want to tell you about RentReady. RentReady is a really awesome property management software that allows you to manage your business from your computer or phone. Collect rent online and get paid. Find that perfect tenant with their screening and listing services and get your leases signed with the click of a button. And tenants really love using RentReady's app too. They can pay rent using card, ACH, or cash, set up auto pay, get renter's insurance if you require it, and even build their credit score through RentReady's new credit reporting feature. Did we also mention that RentReady is unlimited and all of this is flat priced? No tricks or hidden fees. RentReady is designed for people to manage their own properties so you don't have to worry about paying more for building your business. You can start managing and scaling your rental properties without scaling costs. And RentReady has given us an amazing deal to pass on to the REI Mastermind Network. You can get RentReady's annual plan for only $54 at RentReady.com when you use our special code MASTERMIND. That's RentReady.com, R-E-N-T-R-E-D-I.com with code MASTERMIND, M-A-S-T-E-R. M-I-N-D at RentReady.com to get RentReady's annual plan for only $54. We're rolling. Welcome to the House Dudes Podcast, where we invite you to follow us on our journey towards financial freedom using the power of real estate. I'm Jack Haas. And I'm Josh Koth. Here at House Dudes, we believe in a couple key principles. Number one, the best way to retain information is by teaching it to others. And number two, a rising tide lifts all boats. We're not competitors, we're a community. So let's get into some real estate investing. So we have Al Williamson on the line. Al, I can't thank you enough for coming in or joining me on the podcast here tonight. Um, but let's start things off. I usually do this to, to everybody. Why don't you introduce yourself and talk a little bit about what you specialize in because this is kind of a unique model that we've had on the show before. Okay, right on, right on. So I used to be a civil engineer. I was overseeing uh, bridge constructions like the San Francisco Oakland Bay Bridge and, and large projects like um, we put a whole bunch of solar panels on the famous Alcatraz Island. Oh, so wow. big, big national park services and, and big, big infrastructure. So I did that for 25 years, but I, I was buying real estate all along while I was working and just kind of just adding to the portfolio until it got to the point where I didn't need to go to work anymore. Sure. So no, that's, that's awesome. So we expanded with some, some short-term rentals and, and um, we found Jack, what we found is that um, these being a landlord was great for building up your wealth and, you know, paying down your, your loan so that you get some equity. Right. Mm -hmm. But, but it was terrible for our cash flow because, because maintenance came and, and wiped us out every year. Right. Either something happened or whatever, just, takes so our cash flow was stunk but our equity and buildup was great so mm -hmm. at, adding short-term rentals for the cash flow uh, really really helped out sure so let's let's take a step back right there then uh, can you define or tell us or clarify what a short-term rental is i sure can now in a lot of cities have their own ordinances and, and a lot of them call short-term rentals uh, stays of 30 days and less. Sometimes okay. they say 28 days, but 30 days and less. So my expertise or what I wanted to chat with you about today is stays 30 days and longer. Like okay. these, uh, 
midterm stays or these extended stays because there's a different animal in the whole furnished rental type of world. You know? Right. So, you know, a lot of people, are, when they hear short-term rental, and I think you caught me even on it, the first thing that comes to mind is Airbnb or that type of thing. But you're yeah. really talking about something else. Um, how do you uh, advertise this? Do you use Airbnb type of oh, yeah. thing as a platform? How do, how do you find these type of tenants? So if you think of Airbnb as just like artificial intelligence, just a, a marketing channel, okay? It's just, right. that's really what it is. It's a matchmaking service, it's a dating app. <laughs> that's what it right. is. Okay, so you can gear it towards people staying one or two nights a weekend, okay? Mm -hmm. Or you can gear it towards people staying longer than uh, 30 days. Sure. So, and same with all the other famous um, different websites like VRBO and TripAdvisor. And there's many, many, there's a new one coming out almost every day. Right. But, but it's, it's not the website. It's how you write your headline and, and how you customize it to attract a specific person. Like I like to, to aim for uh, business travelers mm -hmm. who, who are on extended assignments or, or, or military. They, they need sure. furnished housing as well. And same with um, people who, who are had a flooded out of their house and they they need a place to stay their insurance company covers them right right for first thing and also people in between if they sell their house and, they, and they're waiting for the new house to move in they're in betweeners they they need extended stay as long as same with them traveling nurses and and also um even students you guys got a bunch of students in your area mm -hmm. that that's uh, furnished rentals you know same, same thing. So there's all these flavors and people don't really think about that. They mm -hmm. kind of think about the, the nicely decorated <laughs> Airbnb that's good for the weekend. And I like to say it's just that, that right there is just one planet in, in the whole solar system of short-term rentals. Sure. So like what kind of services do you typically provide these tenants then? Because I mean, I know like, one of the things that we had a hard time trying to figure out is we, we wanted to entertain like an Airbnb type thing, but yeah. uh, the, because of the turnover and having to get in a cleaning crew, it, would, it just, we just couldn't get the numbers to work, but having <laughs> yeah. more of an extended stay kind of makes a lot of sense in that. But like, are there some additional services that you have to provide these type of people that they're looking for? Well, in, in that, extended stay 30 days and longer there's there's a whole spectrum of luxury okay so mm -hmm. there's high end and then there's low end just like there's the motel six and the ritz carlton okay right yeah. the whole spectrum so that in there is a whole level of of uh, services that you can provide typically typically in the extended stay hospitality world those extended stay americas residents in those are typically uh, service, mate service once a week. Okay. But in, in my model, we, we, we turn the place over clean to the guest and then that's it. We don't clean until they move out. Mm -hmm. Same as before. And that's what really what they want. They really want to get a home, fill at home and, and ground themselves and not have any intrusion. That's sure. the person we're looking for. Okay. So do you like along with the, 
furniture and some other things like part of the amenities do you basically you have the cleaning supply and a list of like when the garbage is being picked up and provide that type of information and and equipment so that they can clean up after themselves basically oh yeah basically well that that's gonna be basic no matter uh, which type of short-term rental you have you gotta have cleaning supplies a vacuum that really really helps (laughs) having that for people and a dustpan you know basic Mm -hmm. things like that and they got, they absolutely have to know when they take the, the trash can to the curb or where the trash facility is, you know? Right. I just left, I just left Washington, D.C. I was staying there and uh, I was in this really high rise building and they have a trash chute, you know, first the guy didn't give me any instructions on what mm-hmm. to do. Uh, but yeah, I, I needed to take the trash out and I had to figure out what to do. And, and I'm not used to a trash chute living in the house, so. Right. <laughs> so that was, yeah. yeah, you need those type of instructions. They, they really help out, really sure. help out. Sure. So um, outside of Airbnb, are there any other ways that you typically attract uh, some of these type of tenants? You know, the best, one of the best leads is uh, Facebook. Oh, okay. <laughs> you know, nearly everyone has their own Facebook group. You can uh, penetrate that and, and let people know what you have. And sure. I always recommend that, that people, like if you were starting, I would recommend that you told your friends and family because most people, um, who, especially people who are working, um, have a human resources department and, and they have an office oh, manager sure. and those office managers know who's already in town for an extended period of time on an extended mm-hmm. assignment. And, and there you go, that's, that's the ideal way of, of tipping everything in your favor Sure. by um, moving your lips more than, than hiding behind the keyboard, you know? Right, right. But, so I, what I say, what I, what I always tell people and, is that Airbnb is, is amazing. It's got the, the most um, visibility on the internet. It does. So much so that you can use it as your backup strategy. Mm-hmm. If you can't fill your place by um, talking to people human to human, or you know and telling your friends right. and, and whoever's at soccer that what you're doing then it's good to fall back on airbnb to, to fill those gaps sure no that makes a lot of sense so uh, do you look at how do you figure out like what what is the ideal property for this type of of uh, investment i mean uh, do you do you select the the town the location like what what goes into deciding what is a good long-term rental? So, so what I always um, suggest to people when they ask that is, I ask them, is there an extended stay hotel in your town? Sure. Because you, we, we want to do the, the same, you know, Burger King sees that there's McDonald's and they set up on the other side of the street, right? Right. So you don't need to ask, you don't need to overthink this one. <laughs> <laughs> is, is can you put together a nicer spot than a, a 450 square foot hotel room and can you do it for less and, and, and give that person more privacy than they would get? Mm-hmm. And typically the answer is yes. And you can do it um, deep inside of, of a community in, instead of right there by the freeway and the Denny's. You, know, you, sure. can, you can set up a nicer spot. So, so you look at that and, and then I like to work backwards. I like to say, well, what is the ho- government uh, rate for a, a hotel in the area? Because that's typically 
what a business traveler is getting reimbursed that government service administration rate. Okay. Okay. So I know what a 30 day stay is, how much they, they uh, will be reimbursed for a 30 day stay. And then I work my way backwards. Okay. Sure. So, so it's not guessing is, um, Hey, I want this much profit. I know what my expenses are going to be. Um, can I do it for a certain, you know, does this make sense right. for me to do it for, for that type of person? Sure. Because it changes from there. It gets really, because like if um, they might be putting fiber optics in, 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 your, in your account, they might be, that type of project might be going on. And that lasts for a year. You know, crews come out there, crews of six, eight people come out and they're putting a fiber optics all up and down the, the freeways and mm -hmm. the roadways. So those type of people would take maybe four hotel rooms or a, a four bid um, two bath house, you know? Sure. And they would love the four bid two bath house and they would be, they're typically paid our prevailing wages, which means housing allowance um, that they get. And they rather pocket that housing allowance than to spend it. Mm -hmm. So there's opportunities for big houses. I guess that's how I'm circling back to answer you. Mm -hmm. there's, there's lots of opportunity for big houses and thinking about uh, traveling groups sure. as well as, as, well as um, going right after the, the hotel room itself and, okay. and providing something nicer for less for a business traveler. Is it important to have some of these properties near or, you know, uh, near or at least within proximity of like certain activities? Like, is it good to have one of these properties near like service centers or like the downtown nightlife is, you know, is there like a, a formula associated with that? Once you, once you decide you're going to do something in a town. Well, it's going to depend on who your target person is. You know, if you are going after a, the construction crew, then, no, they want to be in a regular neighborhood somewhere they can pull their trucks into the garage door sure, you know, or behind or, you know, that type of thing. If you're going after a single, um, say a medical student or a traveling nurse, well, no, they want something quiet. They want mm -hmm. something. Uh, they typically come with their own cars and, and they don't mind being um, a little bit out of the city if you charge them less. Because sure. they're, they typically are trying to pay off their student loans. Sure. And so they're willing to drive in a little bit if you give them uh, what they want. You know, so, so you got to align yourself with the self-interest. Sure. Now, if, if you, uh, more for vacationers, travelers, and also people who are traveling for two, three days, two or three days for a convention. Now, those guys want to be right in the heart of town because they're more tourist than, than mm -hmm. business travelers, you know. I, when people have a tourist kind of mindset and, and um, they're a different, they're a different client than the, the extended state business traveler who has their employer paying for them. Sure. Uh, you can imagine if you were paying out of your pocket for a place, you have a whole different set of expectations. Mm -hmm. But if you had a boss and they were paying for you to stay, well, you know, you have a different set of expectations. You're, you're more, um, your mind says more, Hey, I want to make a, I want to pocket this tax free money more so than, um, I want to have a, I want the, uh, be right next to the bar so I can, <laughs> so. Right. 
So that's a lot to it. Yeah, no, it, it, it sounds like it. So, you know, most people are familiar with the 1% rule when they listen to our show and they, they do any kind of analysis. Like what, what are the numbers? Like what are you experiencing regarding these type of rentals? So typically if, if you're, uh, if I was walking you up my, my Maslow hierarchy of needs, I would say that if the typical landlords is like $100 across the country, after everything's said and done, if they're lucky, it's going to be like a hundred bucks of, of net income per month, mm-hmm. everything. And then if you furnish your place, then you can charge extra for your furnishing. So you can get about 30% more. So $130 okay. per month net income. Now, if you flex your terms, it's like doing Airbnb, flexing how long people stay at your furnished rental and include utilities, you can get about three to five times more. You can expect on a net income. So three, so one rental is, has the same net income as three to five rentals. Okay. Sure. Now, if you aim for corporate housing, you know, going after the corporate people, you can get between um, eight to 10 times more net income. That's all, that's all I talk about is net to keep it real. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can make one rental have the same net income as 10 rentals. Sure. So it's an extreme benefit without the, you know, maintenance is the kryptonite, right? Mm-hmm. So you only have one roof to take care of and right. make the cash flow of the net income, not the cash flow. Who cares about the gross? Right. <laughs> the net of 10 rentals. Um, so it's, it's a huge value proposition. And that's where really where your cash flow can come from. Um, you can do all kinds of things from there. You can accelerate the payoff of your, of your mortgage or you can um, go enjoy your life sure, <laughs> like, sure. You had, like you had intended to do in the first right, place. Right. <laughs> yeah, this, this is really interesting. So, and I think what's really particularly interesting is a lot of people have always th- think of short-term rentals as such a very short period of time, but you have been able to extend that and uh, make those numbers work. I mean, that's, that's really an interesting process. Uh, yeah. So, you know, what, what caused you to, to go down this road? I'm, I know you started off in real estate investing, but I yeah. mean, this, this doesn't seem to be a very obvious <laughs> alternative, right? It, well, I, I mean, I've been doing this now for a few years and, yeah. and uh, this is like the first time that I've really delved into this, to, to this level. And, and it makes me wonder, like, how did you stumble across this strategy? Well, the truth is, is that the most, a lot of us rental owners don't tell the truth about what our cash flow is and w- before depreciation and all that. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of us are, are, are happy to barely break even before taxes <laughs> because if, if we maintain our properties, okay, right. if we maintain our properties and, and all the vac- you know, vacancy turnover and all those things just eat up your cash flow for that year. Mm-hmm. So I, I wrote a book because of that. I came to that realization. I wrote a book called 40 Ways to Increase the Net Income of Your Rental Property back in sure. 2015. And one of those ways was these uh, short-term rentals. And um, after I had written the book and it was kind of settling in my mind, I was driving to work and I had that, that, that flash of insight, you know, where things started. Right, right. So I pulled over and I was like, I got to marinate in this for a little bit. And out of that, what came out of that, one of the things was 
that these short-term rentals was giving me a platform for a whole bunch of upsells for bike rentals. And I could do, you know, car rentals if I wanted to. And um, there's extra things you can do for um, people pay extra for different cable packages and, and all those things start to open up so that you can get even more net income out of your property. So, so, okay, now you hit something that's really curious there. This is, this is like the first time I've, I've heard, heard of this. So you, you actually kind of go even a step further and start basically more microtransactions within the, the property. So you already mentioned bike rentals and cable, like TV providing. What else right. do you charge for then in so, order to maximize the... So, let, so, so when I was writing the book, I, I tested all some ideas that worked for me, but I also categorized what other people work for other people. So, it, so I can, you know, that's the best service I could do is give you a reference book so that you can flip through and see mm -hmm. what works. So I was doing bike rentals before bike sharing became popular. Right. And, and I had a lot of, I was focusing on my international market. So people coming over from China, researchers, and I gave them a bicycle with a basket and a light and a helmet. They knew exactly what to do. They could go do their grocery shopping and everything. So mm -hmm. that's $40 more per month um, that you get the spread on for a $100 bicycle. You know? right. so I'm like, this is a tremendous return on my investment. And also, it, it uh, creates a little separation that I needed to keep my rentals filled, my, my furnished rentals filled. Uh, from other people, you know, that bicycle was the deciding factor for why people would come with over to me mm -hmm. and uh, pay a little extra. So do you, do you uh, charge for like that bike rental or whatever outside of the standard rental? Like, you know, like if you do it through what? Airbnb, for example, is that a, a separate transaction or is it just you increase the value of the rental on? on yeah, you increase the value. It's best, to, it's best to, because people hate nickel and diming. Right. So you offer, here's the package. Um, if you are, if you have a crew of um, construction workers, you know, having a sports package, offering them that, it's, oh, it's sure. really important. They'll pay a little extra, especially if they're saving money already. They're saving money on laundry, because they can do it instead of a laundry mat. They got it right there. Mm-hmm. And they got their, their recliner chairs are important and sports, <laughs> sports sure. bucket. Now that will create that, I call it a vacancy bear that's chasing everybody. Mm -hmm. And your goal is to stay a couple of inches ahead of, <laughs> of everyone else. Right. So you don't get caught by the bear. So that, that little bit of separation is what you need to, it really pays off in, um, in lack of vacancies. Sure. So like, give us a couple hints here now, like okay. if those people that are in doing Airbnb and they might now they they're hearing what you're doing and will consider extending some of those stays a little bit. Yeah. What's some of those low hanging fruits that have helped you stand out compared to some of the other offerings in the area? Well, it's really, really important to have a washer and dryer if you're going to go after people for experience. You know, right you along. Know, that makes it, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, not not one off site. It's best if you have one in your unit versus um, on site. That's gonna 
clinch the deal right there. Sure. You know, and, and things like um, parking, you know, you can get away with a couple of weekends if you're doing weekends, but if you're doing a longer term stay, people want that dialed in. They want, they want a parking space, the same parking space <laughs> right? day after day. So that's, that's really important on that. And, and things, things like, uh, say you're going after someone who works nights. Well, you know, a blackout curtain or don't have blackout curtains. That's really important. That little uh, $40 thing will, will cause this, that separation. Uh, you're speaking directly to a person if you're going after, you said you have four hospitals right around you or how many? Yeah, hospitals? we have, we have quite a few, we got like four colleges and probably okay. that many hospitals, but sure. Okay. So those hospitals have um, the last part from June to December, they have traveling medical uh, students that stay one month at a time. Okay. And, and, and the, for example, those guys, they, they want, because they have all these debts, they're debt funded travel. They want a comfortable bed, Wi-Fi, and that's it. They don't want, they don't want to pay for extra stuff. Sure. And if you spend extra stuff and you expect to, and you expect to get a return on your money, you're not going to get it. In fact, you're going to eliminate yourself from, from that audience. Sure. So it's really that you got to really have some, some insight on who your, your person is that you mm -hmm. want to serve for extended stays. Sure. And then, and then it's really important. And I know you'll appreciate this. It's really important just to, to know what their expectations are and exceed it by just a fingernail. <laughs> Don't go overboard. That's because right. you, you'll, uh, the time it takes you to break even on your investment needs to be factored in. Right. That's a, that's an interesting way of putting it. Just, just be better by a fingernail. Uh, yes. and that'll be just, just enough to get, to draw that attention, huh? Right. You create that separation. And that's sure. the, we're talking about, we're talking about doing this for profit, right? Right. <laughs> not for, not for a hobby. Yeah. I'm talking about for, as a, as a professional business person, you, you need to sep create separation, but not go overboard. Sure. You'll so need to, to do it by a mile. <laughs> right, right. So do a lot of these ones that you own here now, are they local to you or do you have them like throughout, yeah. throughout the country? So I, I, own, I own an apartment building. I have some in there. Mm -hmm. And then I also rent other people's places. And then I, I furnish them knowingly. I work out the subleasing agreements with them. Sure. And I furnish them and then I turn those into... Uh, extended stay rentals as well. Okay. And I, and when I do that, I pick, um, you know, everyone has a, a park that all the beautiful people run around and it's really safe. There's always a, in every, every town. So I cluster my, my extended stays around that park. Sure. To give people the best experience and where they're like, um, I, I like to think about the, the corporation, the extended stay America residence and being a giant, and they're being thin ice, you know, I can go out on the thin ice and do things that they can't do. Mm. So again, I'm trying to separate myself and, and do things that they can't do uh, faster than they and, and uh, more affordable. So they'll never be able to touch me. Sure. And, and from a, and from a, a regulatory or a landlord, if you put your landlord hat on, you would say, Al's just doing month to month rentals. That's been done 
since baby Jesus was around, you know, there's nothing, <laughs> yeah. there's nothing new about month to month rentals. It's just, will it ever be illegal? No, because that's the backbone of the affordable housing market. Mm-hmm. So they'll never change the month to month rentals. I'll never be banned. Right. Right. So that's what I'm doing. Month to month rentals with a, with a uh, internet spin to it, connecting it to the internet and serving just, you know, either people are going to be tourists or they're going to be travelers. Right. And the tourists cause all those crazy headlines. Yeah. So I go, so I go off to travelers and do month to month rentals. And, and that's how I add a lot of cash flow to my business and, um, and let the, let the, the things I own just for the, the wealth build up. And I do short term rentals for the cash flow. Sure. So putting them together. Okay. Yeah. No, this is, this is really an interesting model. I mean, we, we, um, so in the time we have remaining, what I do want to chat a little bit about is one other thing you just said is that you're turning existing rental property into short term rentals. So you're not yeah. even in some cases, you're not even buying these properties. You're That's actually right. just, renting them like a gear, what a year lease or whatever. That's right. And then turning them into a short term and making the arbitrage. That's right. This is a great way for newbies to get started because it's very little, because you can control a property Jack by a mortgage, right? You don't Mm -hmm. really own it. The bank owns it, but you get to control it. Right. Right. That control is the same control that you get with a lease. Mm -hmm. There's no difference. You still, negotiate the use so you can control by a mortgage or you control by a lease or you can control by a joint venture right. or some type of uh, option there's many ways of gaining control of a property so i think i think rentals or a lease agreement is the least is the most affordable and quickest way to control a property and and then of course you you add the right furnishings for your target market Sure. You, you know, if you, if you don't hang out with people who are um, CEOs, then don't try to serve that market. It's a market that you can serve uh, for profit with a nice spread in it. I say at least if you're going to do arbitrage, you should at least make $500 of net income. Sure. With your calculation. Remember, we work backwards right. from what's known working backwards. You should make at least $500, which is equivalent to five rentals if you bought them without the down payments right right this this is really interesting and 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 before we wrap this up i always ask is there a question that you wish i would have asked (laughs) now you you ask some really good ones for especially for your audience who's just onboarding they're gonna they're gonna want to know well oftentimes well everyone people even newbies everyone knows that you should buy low Right. And, and sell high, right? But what if you don't have anything to sell? Mm-hmm. You know, if you don't have anything to sell, then that's the time to do rental arbitrage. Right. You, you control someone else's property and you sell that inventory. Um, that's the thing you should do. And so at the right time in the market, if it's a seller's market, you should absolutely be doing arbitrage and build up the cash flow, build up the cash so that when it's a, a buyer's market, you have, you have cash to do. So you can make money up and down markets now, thanks to uh, cloud cloud computing. People can travel more away from the office, laptops right. and smartphones. 
um, mobile devices allows this whole extended stay market to grow. Right, right. So, you know, if they want, if people want to know a little bit more about this, and how, how do they contact you or where do they find you? You already wrote one book. I'm guessing, do you have another <laughs> one in the, in the works just yeah, regarding I, I, this? I am. I, I am. This, this, I, so I used this cash flow to, to buy assets. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's what I'm doing during, during this time in the market. I, I'm using it to, to, uh, to buy a mixed use building. And um, so I call it my abundance projects. And I'm working on four different abundance projects. That's what I'm working on right now. Um, I'm doing one right now. The goal is is to create a long-term cash flow stream without using any of my own money and do it all in public. How sure. I, exactly how to do it? So that's what I'm working on. If if they want to follow those links along and all my different experiments that I'm doing, sure they can go you know, check me out on my on my website, which is uh, leadinglandlord.com. Leadinglandlord.com, and I'll make sure to include that in the show notes. Yeah. But um, Al, I really appreciate it. This has been an eye opener. I appreciate your time and, and taking the time to chat with me. Because like I said, I, I frankly, when we've been looking at Airbnb, I couldn't get the numbers to work. But simply by extending these stays, uh, it kind of changes the game quite a bit. Yeah, you know, a lot of people coming on board, especially even hotels, they're realizing, hey, we could get Jack to stay for a month. Or we can get 30 guys to stay all, all one night. And mm-hmm. the amount of damage and staff and, and uh, you know, pay for health care and, and all those benefits, all that stuff is just more profitable and less headache to, to get Jack to stay for one month. It's, it brings in, it's better for our net income. Right. And when you focus on your net income, you can make some better decisions than chasing big gross income. Sure. Well, thanks again. Uh, this was this has been great, and uh, I'll make sure that uh, to include all those links in the uh, show notes. And hopefully, I can find a, your your uh, your first book uh, somewhere that we can link to that as well. But it's thank not, you. It's on for, Amazon. Okay, yeah. great. Yeah. So I appreciate your time, and thanks for joining me. Thank you. We've put a lot of effort into providing useful content, and if you've found value in the show and have any interest in supporting us with a small donation, head over to patreon.com slash housedudes. And if you have any thoughts or questions, shoot us an email at info at housedudes.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at housedudes. And if you like what you're hearing, head over to iTunes, subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. It really helps other investors out there find the show. And remember... Massive positive impact requires massive positive action. We'll see you next time. This episode is brought to you by housedudes.com. Do you have time to actively manage flipping and rentals yourself? If so, go for it. If you live in a market that won't cash flow or don't have the time to do all the work, are you just out of luck? If there was a way to participate more passively, would that appeal to you? I'm sure you have questions about how the process works and what to do next. If that's the case, fill out the form on housedudes.com slash investors, and we'll reach out to see if you are a good fit for our business. This is first come, first serve, and we will have to stop taking applications when our goals are met. See you at housedudes.com slash investors. tell a man what to do with his money but if you ain't investing in property then you're dumber than a dummy i'm not dumb i'm smart well buy property that's my advice